Well, there's no quick way to grow. You know, a lot of people can identify with waking up one day and thinking either emotionally, physically, or relational, relationally thinking, how did I get here? How did I get where, how did we get to where we're so far apart relationally? How did I get to where I haven't really had a conversation with my kids in months? How did we get here? We've all asked ourselves that question at one time or another, and we get there because we tend to drift. Life has a way of just making us drift off course with all the things we've got going and all the, the plates spinning in the air. We have a way of just drifting and getting off focus. And when we get off focus, things in our life tend to get out of focus relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. And the same thing is true for our church. When we get off focus, things can, things can get out of focus in a spiritual sense, relationally and, and organizationally. And that's why over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about and just continuing what I started last week about how we need to stay on focus and the way we believe God's calling us as a church to stay on focus. Because if we don't, we'll drift. And then, then all Sunday is, is just us gathering at a really cool place to have a time of worship, listen to some cool music, watch the screen, hear a message, and then go over to Moe's and have lunch. And that's all Sunday becomes if we don't come back and consistently focus on the things we believe God's calling us to be focused on. We need to hear this. I mean, it, it might be repetitive for some of you that have that have been around for the last eight or nine months, but but we need to hear what God wants us to focus on. This, this material that we started last week is just a different version of our class that we call Overview, which is the, the steps to, be, to uh, know what it means to be a member at LifePoint, the steps to just find out what we believe as a church. And we've kind of repackaged that and extended these four messages to, to cover that plus some other things. And if you're here for the first time, you've come on a perfect day to, to find out more about LifePoint. Get the CD from last week or go online and listen to it on our website and hear why we've chosen to be the way we are as a church. This will tell you more about LifePoint than, than any other thing you could do just coming to this series over the next few weeks. And at the end of this series, you're going to have an opportunity to make a commitment to membership. Now, membership at LifePoint is a little bit different maybe than you've heard at other churches or places. You know, you sometimes think membership is something that, you know, you come down and, and somebody holy, you know, puts their hands on you or something and, and now you're bestowed upon you membership. And, and that's not the way it is. It's not like going by the country club, signing up and picking up a card. Membership at LifePoint is a commitment that you make to say, I believe in what they're doing. And that's why we're spending four weeks talking about why we focus on the things we believe God's called us to focus on. And while we're constantly going to come back to these four things that you're going to hear about and make sure we've got those in focus, because if we don't, we're going to start to drift and our purpose is going to become a little unclear. And then things just won't feel right, won't seem right. And then we'll just be doing things to be doing things. So here are the four things that we want to keep in focus. Simplicity, growth, relevancy, and multiplication. Last week I talked about how God calls us to be simple. How a simple church is just better. 
I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody, and it's the same thing in life, because I don't think I've ever met anybody that said, hey, I would just like my life to be more complicated. Things in life, they're just too simple right now. I want to I mess things up a little bit and, and have things to be more complex and complicated. No, we want things to be simple, and the same is true of church. The message of Jesus Christ is a simple one. You know, Jesus took all the commands of Scripture, all the ones you can read about, and he boiled them down to just a simple statement. And it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. Love God and love people. Simple. That's Jesus' message to the world that desperately needs him. Now, centuries of leaders have made it more and more difficult like they did in Jesus' day, but he calls us back to be simple. And we're going to take Jesus' lead as a church, and we're going to be simple. Today I want to talk about the next thing we're going to focus on. Last week was simple. This week is growth. The Bible has a lot to say about our spiritual growth, our emotional growth, our relational growth. There are some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. The ushers will give you one. You just raise your hand and let them know you'd like to have one. It's yours to keep. At LifePoint, we believe the words in there are true, and we believe they'll lead you to the knowledge of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can read in there or follow along on the screen as I read from scriptures. You know, there's an assumption. As you start to read that Bible, there's just an assumption that people grow. That people who say they follow Christ, or people who may be searching, or people who may be thinking, okay, is this the real deal or not? Or maybe you're here and you're just just trying to figure out if church is for you. Or if this message you hear about from Jesus Christ, is it true? But there's just an assumption in scripture that all people grow. That, that we're going to go to next levels emotionally and spiritually and relationally. And, and that as time goes on, our understanding increases and our experiences grow and we grow as a person. Listen to what Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5 says. In view of all this, what God has done for you, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And throughout the New Testament, It's just continually talking about how people grow and people are encouraged to grow in their faith. And if we're not focused on growth and providing you with opportunities to grow, we'd start to drift and then nobody grows. Now, I'm not talking about church growth. I'm not talking about filling up these seats with people. We can do that. I mean, you just go to Walmart and start grabbing people out, you know, or something. We could figure out a way every week to fill that. We could make the show good enough, give away big screen TVs or something, and fill these seats up every single Sunday morning. That's really not the challenge. So that, but that's not the kind of growth I'm talking about, just adding numbers and numbers and numbers. If you, we could do that, and you could never grow. We could have this place full, packed out to the walls, all four services, both locations, every week, and nobody be growing. 
But if we consistently provide opportunities for you to grow and you take advantage of that and you grow individually, spiritually, the church can't help but grow. And then if it's packed, it's packed with people who all understand it's their responsibility to grow and everybody's growing and that's how the church grows. If you read in the New Testament, that's how it grew. It grew, it came out of people who grew individually and that helped the church grow corporately, not the other way around. If spiritual growth is just assumed, then why do people seem to have such a hard time with it? Why is it that when I commit to reading my Bible 30 minutes a day, for some reason, it lasts like three days? Why, why is that? Why, why is it so difficult to grow consistently over time? And person after person has told me that, I want to grow, I'm not sure how. And you may be thinking, I, I would love to, but I don't know how. That's what we're here for. We love helping people take next steps of faith. We love helping people go from this level spiritually, relationally, and emotionally to the next level. We love doing that. And if you don't know where to start, come and talk to me. Go talk to Mark. And, and, and we'll, we'll share with you and tell you how you can take next steps to grow. You know, one of the biggest hindrances to spiritual growth is convenience. I mean, everything we have now, it's convenient. I mean, my internet connection is a lot faster than it was 10 years ago. How about yours? And, and getting, my phone in my e- on my, getting my email on my phone in my pocket 10 years ago, a novel idea, very expensive. Now, no big deal. Everybody's got it. You just can't get away from it. I mean, things are fast. You get things immediately Food is faster. Everything in our life is more and more convenient, even than it was 10 years ago. So now we think, well, if everything's more convenient, then when I want to do something like grow spiritually, then maybe that would be fast too. And that's not the way it works. I remember when I was a really little boy, my grandfather, gathering my cousins and I in his living room, and he would tell us stories about when he grew up. He grew up in this little town that there weren't, wasn't even a road because nobody had cars. There was no reason to have a road. And there was a train that came through their town, and that was it. If you wanted out of this little town of about 150 people, you got on the train. And he, he tells the story about how difficult school was because it was first through eighth grade in the same room, and, and you couldn't even go past eighth grade in that little community. And if you wanted to do, go past eighth grade, you had to go to all these huge sacrifices to get on the train and get out and ride hours to the next town. And he just talks about this life that's like, wow, I can't even get my head around that. And I can remember asking him questions, well, Grandpa, how'd you do this? Well, how'd you do that? And he told us those stories so we would know how blessed we were in the late 1970s compared to the way it was for him in the 30s and 40s. And I think, well, when I have grandkids someday, hopefully many, 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 many years in the future. And they're sitting in my living room. And they're saying, Grandpa, tell us stories about when you were young, how tough it was. I mean, what am I going to say? Son, when I was your age, I had to get up and walk across the room to change the TV channel. Or if I was going to, I had to plug my computer into the phone lines to get an internet connection. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. You know, it's just, a, it's just not the same level of sacrifice because everything is easier and then that moves over into all areas of our life and we want everything now, quick, 
easy. Give me the pill to take. Give me the crash course to take. I don't want to take four years. I don't want to take a year. I, don't, I want it to happen now. I don't have to wait on anything else, so why should I have to wait on this? I mean, just drive down the road. You will find on telephone poles signs that either say, make 1500 bucks a week working from home, sitting on your can, looking at your computer. I don't think you can do that. Or how about this? Lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Please, come on. I mean, even if you could do it, it's not healthy. Even if people, and you probably could by just drinking water for 10 days, maybe you can. But without consistent behavioral change, that'll never happen. That'll never be consistent. And our culture conditions us to want everything right now. Just watch, you know, a few Dr. Phil's and an Oprah and, and you know, buy this stuff and read this book and your life and your relationships are going to be healthy Please, that's not the way it works. It comes over time, us investing in ourselves, in others, if we're ever going to grow relationally, emotionally, or spiritually, there's got to be some behavioral change. You can't keep doing things the same way and get different results. You need to know that LifePoint is a place where we are serious about people growing spiritually. We're, we're serious about it. And That's what I get to do is provide opportunities for people to grow. And I love it. I hope I can do it till I'm an old, old man. Help people grow spiritually. And and we we sit around in the office and talk about and strategize about how can we help people grow spiritually. That's what our staff gets to do. There's no greater job in the world than helping people move along the lines spiritually, relationally, and emotionally. Here's a few facts about growth. You want to write these down. Growth is normal. Every living thing grows. It's just natural. It just does. If you're a pretty new parent, like real new parent, like our youth pastor and his wife just had a new baby, and I'm sure, you know, they're at home right now just if they're not sleeping, wishing they could be asleep. And Babies have this tendency to cry a lot and to demand a lot from you, don't they? Man, to be so small, I can remember, it's like, gosh, you know, you're not that big, but you've turned our world upside down. All you do is lay in that crib and sit in that high chair and feed me, burp me, roll me over and and just cry. Oh, that's perfectly normal. Nobody's ever said, well, my, my child is a month old. I'm still changing diapers. That's normal. So you new parents, that is very normal for a while longer. It's very normal for them to cry when they're hungry and and expect you to turn them over when they're uncomfortable because they haven't developed and they can't do it yet. Now, if they're 14 years old and and they're still asking you to feed them and burp them and change their clothes, I mean, something's wrong. Something abnormal is going on. You know, can you imagine a 14-year-old, come here, honey, let daddy, that's not going to work. That's weird. I mean, it's normal to grow. It's abnormal not to grow. There was a time in our daughter's lives when my wife and I celebrated in the hallway when they took the first shower by themselves and they tied their shoes and they said, I don't need a diaper now. It's like, oh, you know, finally. And that was normal. And then the time came when I would say, honey, it is your responsibility to put your dirty clothes in here. That's no longer my responsibility. It's your responsibility to say, I better take a shower, I'm going to smell. That's your responsibility. And if they never got there, we would think something was wrong. It's normal 
for people to grow. And eventually you say, kids, growth is your responsibility. We have something in our house, probably like many of you have, just a little stick to measure our kids' growth. We moved around. We couldn't use the doorpost. So uh, we bought this thing about 11 years ago and started measuring our kids' growth. And, it's, it's, you know, they broke it once when they were playing. I had to glue it back together. But, but this, this, this measures every year. We can look back and say, oh, look how short. Look at this. Look at this. And there are marks. Every time they would grow, we would make a mark. And, you know, their friends would come over, and there's friends' names on here and everything. And, but we would mark every milestone. Oh, she's a little taller. She's a little taller. Now, if there would have been a time when we were marking our kids off, and I realized, okay, Abby was this tall, nine uh, one of 98, and she was this tall, 99. And if there would have been a time when a few months went by and it stayed the same, and a few more months and it stayed the same, a few more months and it stayed the same, we would have gotten worried. We would have thought, something's wrong. And we would have gone to whatever specialist we needed to go to, whatever doctor, it wouldn't have mattered. We would have spared no expense to find out, why is my child not growing? And yet day after day, maybe you sit here week after week, and you're not growing, you're at the same place you were way back, and nobody's alarmed. And I'm thinking, we've got to focus on helping people grow spiritually and emotionally and relationally because it's not normal to stay all the way down here. And if you do, you need to be thinking, wow, what's going on? What do I need to do? You know, these lines on this pole, they don't just represent different physical marks of growth. They represent other things too. There's a lot of skin knees between these lines. There's high fevers and trips to the doctor and cleaning up vomit and change, you know all that kind of stuff going on. A little bit of discipline, some back talking that only happened a couple times. I mean, that's all through here. And your life has the same kind of stories. And if you didn't grow emotionally and spiritually and, and, and relationally, you would just stay. That would be a boring life, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be boring? And don't you feel bad when you see a child that, can't grow physically and there is something wrong and you think gosh this poor child will never experience what they could well all of us can grow spiritually all of us can grow emotionally all of us can grow relationally and enjoy the life that God meant for us to live not just staying in the same place but growing you know everybody starts out Everybody starts out down at the bottom. Everybody starts out, you know, on, on a low part. On the, that, that's where we all start, at the bottom of the pole. And that's okay. That is perfectly normal. But you can't stay here if you ever want to grow. You, you can't just stay here if you want to grow in many areas in your life. You know, you may be coming to church for the first time going, this is awesome. It's in a movie theater. I mean, cool music. I heard Bruce Hornsby and the Range coming in here. I mean, how much more cool does it get than that when I come to church? Eventually, Sunday morning is not going to be enough for you. We don't design it to be enough for you consistently. It's not intended for that. Eventually, you're going to think, I need a little bit more than just Sunday morning. That just didn't, you know, it's a good sermon, great music, and a funny video, but, but I need a little bit more. But yet, there are people who live 
year after year after year just experiencing church like right now, and that's it. People who do that don't grow. People who just sit and wait. I mean, if you're here for the first few times, the first 10 times, I mean, it's okay. Just sit back up there in the back and enjoy, and I, and I hope you love what you see and hear, and I hope you're encouraged by it. But there's going to be a time where you've got to say, well, hold on a second. That thing I just experienced on Sunday morning, it's not designed for me consistently to go to and grow. Oh, yeah, you're going to find encouragement and a worshipful environment, and, and, and you get to meet new people and get to enjoy the morning. But this is like the, the icing you know, from a, from a life that's lived in growing relationships with God and other people. And there are, still, there are people who have followed Christ for years. Trust me, I've met them. And they're still like the 14-year-old sitting in the high chair. And they're like, burp me, feed me, you know, come on. And I'm thinking, no, you have to take responsibility eventually for your own spiritual growth. Another fact about growth is it's a lifelong process. It's not something you can just pop in the microwave and have or pop a pill and be grown. It is a process. You can't speed it up. There's no fast track. Growth takes desire, growth takes commitment, and growth takes discipline, just like everything else that's worthwhile. If your marriage works, if people look at you and say, man, their marriage, it just works, it's because you have desire, commitment, and discipline. If you got your college degree, you got your master's degree, you got your doctorate, and you went all the way, it's because you had desire, commitment, and discipline. If you're successful in your career, It's because you had desire, commitment, and discipline. Anything worthwhile takes those three things. One of our other pastors on staff, Rob Perry, who uh, many of you have met, and and he he runs marathons. And every February, he runs the Myrtle Beach Marathon, and he's been training for six months. I mean, we're all sitting around the office at lunch eating, and Rob is out running. You know, it's like, I don't like that. You know, he's getting in all this shape, and we're, you know, eating hamburgers. But Rob made this commitment that he's going to train and he's going to get ready for this marathon. He didn't wake up last week and say, you know what, I think I'm going to run a marathon in February. It doesn't work that way if you want to compete or make it or not die. <laughs> if, if he's not disciplined, it won't work. Now, what if, what if that Friday in February I called him up and I said, hey, I hear you're going to run this marathon. Can I go run it? got some shoes. I paid 200 bucks for these shoes, and, and I got my, I'm ready to go. I mean, I, I wouldn't make it. You'd be having to find another pastor, and I'm not equipped. I didn't put forth the, the desire, the commitment, and the discipline, and you wouldn't make it either if you just woke up tomorrow and decided to run a marathon. You have to plan for it, and spiritual growth is the same way. It's not just this fast thing that happens overnight. It's something that happens with Continual behavioral change and discipline. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, beginning there, says this. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that won't, will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. What he's saying is, live your life in a way so that you can grow. Have some discipline and purpose in your life 
You know, he gives the picture of somebody just shadow boxing, just beating the air, just running around with no direction. If you want to grow, you have to be focused and get some purpose and take advantage of opportunities to take next steps spiritually and relationally and emotionally. If you think, gosh, life has just left me out of breath. I'm just, I don't feel like I have any direction. This verse is saying, look, get that direction. Take advantage of opportunities to grow. And and life won't seem aimless. Life won't just continually keep you winded. Things will change. If you came up to me or you came up to Mark and you, you said, I'm just not growing spiritually. There's only one of two things going on. Number one. We're not providing you with opportunities to grow. Or number two, you are not taking advantage of those opportunities. Now, if you came up to me today and said that, I already know the answer. I already know. I mean, we provide opportunities for people to grow. Maybe we don't do it perfectly, and you may have an idea we never had, but, but if you're taking advantage of the opportunities, you will grow. I promise. It, it, it will happen. If you consistently take advantage over time, you'll grow. You need to write this down. This, I, could have, I could have just gotten up and said this one thing and walked off, and we could have already been at lunch by now. Just this one, write this down. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. Now say that with me. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. A couple years ago, this church in the Midwest, they had about 20,000 people coming to their church, and the pastor started wondering, Okay, we got a big crowd. The show's great on the weekend. We run all these people through five and six services. 20,000 people coming. Are they growing? That's a good question. So they spent months and months doing focus groups and, and interviews and surveys trying to figure out, are our people growing spiritually? And if they are, what are we doing that's causing them to grow? And here's what they found out. They came up with kind of a list of Here are the things that people who are growing are doing so they continue to grow. Now, as a pastor, you would like for the first one on the list to be Sunday morning sermon. You know, of course, that's what's making everybody grow. My words are so profound that, you know, people didn't have them. They wouldn't know how to get out the front door. You know, that's what we'd like to think. But that's not the case. They they came up with a few things that people were doing to help grow. But the number one thing that people were doing, and the sermon wasn't even in the top two or three, but... So you have to find your purpose some other place, you know. Purpose is in Christ, okay? But so, so they were asking these people, what, what are you doing to grow? And they found out the people who were growing were what they called self-feeders. People who had taken their own responsibility for their own spiritual growth and said, I'm going to make sure that I consistently put myself in environments where I can grow spiritually. Now, what, what's Sunday morning for? Well, Sunday morning's like the icing. Sunday morning's the time that like caps off the week. Like, you know the difference. You know the difference. If you're in a small group and you're serving and you're, you, you understand what God wants you to do relationally, Sunday morning feels way different when you do that than if you just live out there and you don't even think about it and you just show up here to kind of click something off and say, I went to church. It's very different for those two people. If one person does it and one person does not. So Sunday morning, yeah, come and, and enjoy and be encouraged. But this is what just to give you like the shot in the arm to go take responsibility for your spiritual growth. That's why we do what we do 
on Sunday morning. If you want to read more about that study, go to reveal.org and you can read a little more about that and all the surveys and the way they did it. And it just, it's just enlightening because I think that is indicative of all churches, not just that big church. I think every church would have more people in it growing, which would in turn grow the church if there were more self-feeders in the seat saying, I'm going to take it upon myself to grow spiritually. Now, we have ways for you to grow spiritually. We, we provide opportunities. I mean, how many, times are, how many times are we going to mention life groups? We're never going to stop. One of the best compliments that, that I've gotten in the last six months is that we send out, you know, if you come for the first time, the first time you fill out a WhatsApp card anyway, I send you a letter thanking you for coming, and then you can do an honest impressions card. And we get some really good constructive feedback. We've actually changed the way we've done some things because somebody says, well, this didn't seem to work well, that didn't. But most of them are just, hey, we love the church, people are friendly, and all that. I mean, we, we sit around, they're like, you know, playing cards on Sunday morning. So well, I'll give you, I mean, on Tuesday morning in staff meeting, I'm like, uh, I'll give you two encouragements for one challenge, you know, and we're changing all those things around in staff meeting. It, it's a lot of fun, and it's encouraging to hear what people are saying and what they're saying back. But this one card, obviously they did not fill out the What's Up card the first week or the second week. They'd been there for a few weeks, and it was around the time we were talking about getting a small group, go beyond Sunday and all that, because the last comment was, how many more sermons on small groups are we going to have? And I was like, perfect, they're getting it. You know, finally, they're understanding what we're trying to say. I mean, get in a small group. Get in one of our life groups, and you might think, I tried a life group, and I would rather stick my head in a blender than hang out with those people that I was in a life group with. <laughs> hey, that's okay. The first one doesn't work all the time, and that's all right. Everybody's not compatible with everybody else. The second one may not work. But eventually, you're going to get paired up with some people, and you're going to start to do life with them, and you're going to say, this is what they were talking about. Find somebody that their group is working and say, what's going on in there? Because those of you that are in those groups that are working big time, you come and say, I couldn't imagine life without this group. When babies are born, when life events happen, you've got all these people who have this common place called Life Point, and they're in a group together, and they're doing life together. And when they work, they really work, and people really grow. So if you're not in a group, or if your group didn't work out, hey, that's okay. That happens. Go out to the info booth today and say, I'm going to give it another try, and get me with some people I like this time, please. And just, just <laughs> fill that out again. And turn it back in and give it another try. Give it a six-week period and just see what happens. And when that starts to work, I promise you will start to grow. Another way to grow, you see our next step classes. If you're new to this thing called Christianity and you just committed your life to Christ and you don't know how to read the Bible or where to start and prayer and how's all that stuff fit together, we have a class called Rocks that comes up once a month. And that'll be in the program when the next, the last, there was one just a couple weeks ago, but there'll be another one coming up in February. Just look in the program, watch the website, and you'll find out when and where that is. And on February the 7th, we've got a really cool thing coming up called Life Point in Action, where you can go out into the community and serve and make a difference. And from the smallest to the oldest here, there are going to be things for you to do. It's in your program. Go to our website and sign up for the one that you want to help do. Last week, there were eight people from LifePoint that went on mission trips to three different countries. There were a group of five that went to, to Guatemala to, to our single focused mission point that we're putting money and resources and people into. You're going to hear more about that in just a minute. Five people went down to help get things in order for the next school year that's starting for those kids. 
I went, my 13-year-old my daughter and I went to the Dominican Republic to visit a friend and look at this whole ministry that, that he's doing there, and people grow. Even, even a 13-year-old will grow. Last Monday night, after we had gone and fed these kids who would not have gotten a meal otherwise that day, my 13-year-old daughter in the room we were staying in, come, we were getting ready to pray, and she said, I said, did you learn anything today? And she said, yeah, I did. I learned I need to be more happy with what I have. I'm thinking, yes, that's what it's supposed to be. That's how. And if you, if you make a decision and you can figure out a way to go on a mission trip, you need to go because you'll experience those same kinds of things. And then somebody else went to Africa, and for two weeks he's going around to these villages and helping take care of, of kids and people who, who don't have any other way or see any way out. Mission trips will change your life, and we provide those as opportunities for you to grow. A few weeks ago you probably saw... In the, in the program about reading through the Bible in 2009, you can go to our website and click on Bible Study 09, and you can download that to your phone or to your computer, and, and it's got a reading plan for 365 days. And if you didn't get in on it on January 1st, who got in on it? Who, who, who took that challenge and started doing it? Okay, several of you said, okay, we're going we're gonna to read through the Bible in 09. If you didn't do that, you can start today because it's just designed for you to start and go 365 days. In fact, on your WhatsApp card, turn it over on the back under next steps. You can click or you can check Bible study challenge. And I, I'm doing that. I haven't hit every day. I've missed a few days and so will you. But I want to challenge every person in here. Check that on the back. I'm going to communicate with you throughout the year and tell you what I'm learning. You can email me back and tell me what you're learning. Because one thing about the Bible, you may not understand everything you read. You won't, because I still don't, but it will change your life, and you'll, you'll start to see it apply to your life in ways you never thought possible. So if you want to take that challenge, just flip over your WhatsApp card, check that off. You'll get an email from me this week, and we'll just, I'll just communicate with you throughout the year, and I'll pray that you figure out how to get that 10 minutes extra in a day to read through the Bible in 365 days. If you take advantage of those things, you'll grow. If you feel like you're down here, and you start to take advantage of those things, you're going to start to grow. You're going to start to say, wow, I'm further along than I was this time last month or this time last year. See, we're, we're so serious about this because we know what life is like. I mean, when we sit down as leaders and say, we're going to focus on helping people grow, not just filling up seats, but filling people's hearts with the Spirit of God so they can grow. So they can be more healthy spiritually and emotionally and relationally. We focus on that because we know life sometimes throws us curveballs, doesn't it? I mean, things happen you just don't expect. And as I've witnessed people going through things they never expected to go through, whether a relationship falls apart or health or tragedy or whatever, and I watch a person who has been engaged spiritually and has taken responsibility for their own growth, and I watch them handle it, Then I watch somebody who has not done that try to handle it. It is like two different scenarios. It could be the same thing happening in each life, and the person who's chosen to grow handles it in a completely different way than a person who never took it upon themselves to grow. And life is just going to throw things out. If, If bad things didn't happen in this life, this would be heaven, and we could be all out playing golf today, right? So bad things will happen. Challenges will happen, no question about it. It's going to. But the level you've chosen to grow spiritually will determine how you handle those challenges 
when they come into your life. That's why we're so serious about this. That's why we're never going to stop talking about it. And that's why we're always going to come back and make sure we keep in focus this thing called spiritual growth. I've never met a person who's growing spiritually and engaged like what I've been talking about that said, I'm just not growing. I'm just not growing. I feel stale, feel stagnant. When people start to do that, engage in those environments, life will start to change. I promise. And if it doesn't, come and talk to me and I'll help you figure out how to do it. Ephesians 4, verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Say it with me. I am responsible for my own spiritual growth. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, just the challenge that you give us to take it upon ourselves to grow spiritually. And God, for the opportunities that exist, and I pray that the people sitting here that have not yet taken advantage of those opportunities, that you spoke to them today that you might even have made them squirm in their seat a little bit, thinking I I need to take some responsibility and I need to grow. God, thank you for uh, that relationship that you put out there that we're all able to have with you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.